Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome back to part two of Untamed. Becoming the Man You Want to Be by Zan Hood. We're back in the studio with Zan. Welcome back, Zan. Hey, thanks to have me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Our pleasure for sure. And, you know, we're, we've we been talking about um, Zan's book and, and themes around becoming a man. And Rob, Mike, I mean, this is, this is pretty important stuff because, you know, the guys that we're dealing with, dealing with sexual addiction, they need to know about what are the deeper questions in my heart that got me to making these choices. You know, like, am I good enough? And uh, you know, what, what right, am I really right. looking for in, in this pornography and stuff? But I think wives also need to know this stuff so that they, they can really understand their son uh, or their husband, sorry. Actually, <laughs> well, probably both. Like son sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and their sons as a, at a whole new level. But listen to what Dan Allender says about this book. Uh, Untamed is an unmasking of all that hides a man from being free. Zan is a tender, articulate writer whose voice will stir and invite us to live with honesty and joy for decades to come. That's good. Wow. Dan That's awesome. Allender. You gotta yeah. love that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's my hero. Hey, yeah. man. Not because hey, he wrote man. that. He's just my hero. Right. Yeah, he's because he's from Seattle, right? You love yeah. people from Seattle, right? Right. Yeah. That's right. Me Jason. too. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. But he was here at Colorado Christian University. That's right. Now stop it. That's right. And yeah. Well, let's My t- alma mater. Thank let's you. Let's go back a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, so we, we talked yesterday about um, all that you went through growing up and how that kind of maybe set the scene. Uh, for uh, developing some uh, false or counterfeit idols or whatever you're trying to fill your life up with. And one of those was pornography for you. And, of course, that's very relevant to our listeners. So why don't you say a little bit about your experience, what you found out you were really looking for, and then how you've you've come to find that. That's good, yeah. Um, well, you know, as, as I kind of shared before, as a kid, I had all these desires. And, and one of them, at a young age, I remember, was just... You know this this craving that I didn't know what it was for, but and there was no um, at that time there was no one describing it. There's no one explaining it. No one speaking to it. Yeah. It was just I was kind of left on my own to, yeah. to kind of answer that, do whatever I wanted with it, so to speak. And yeah. So from an early age, there was just a sense of shame with what what I did with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just let's just say magazines and things like that. Um, at that time, and, uh, I think what what developed was 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 as as I grew older and continued in that into into college and when I started walking with God and having to you know, really you know obviously that was a big thing on God's heart for, mm-hmm. for me to deal with and the conviction of that and going God what you know what am I supposed to do with this mm-hmm. I think what was what was really hard um, in looking back now and what I really wish that I had was at that young age for someone before it even came to mm-hmm. say hey like there's this thing's gonna happen to you and you're gonna have these longing desires and it's gonna be not you might even know what they're for you're gonna want this with a woman and this is what it's about and god made it right you know and it is good and it it was made by him and that's why you even have it right it's because he designed you for this right and then to explain the context of marriage Mm -hmm. and where it goes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think because i didn't have that um I, I kind of went wherever it took me mm-hmm. to the point where by the time I got to college and really was starting to wrestle with some of these issues in my life, these desires I was having, I was f- trying to fulfill, 
there came a sense of like, I need to get this out. You know, if I can get this out, it's, the, it's like if you had like the struggle sheet of things you're wrestling with, it'd be like pornography. That would be it. You know, girls, right. pornography. If right. I could just tackle that, mm-hmm. life would be great. Right. How old were you when you got started or how did you get started? Um, it was probably, you know, it was probably when I was about, um, I would say 12 years old. Um, and, it, and honestly, what's crazy is I don't even remember how it started. Mm-hmm. It was literally as if it was rising up, right? you know, um, and, and just kind of took me wherever. And, but and, started with magazines and yeah. then eventually permeated to, what, the internet? Yeah, the okay. internet by the time I was in right. early years in college for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I, I share this in the book of what really was a, a, a life change moment that God brought was reading. Um, when I was in college, I read... A, I, I was I was actually at a bookstore and I was reading through biography biography section of books and I found this book about a porn star mm. and I picked it up and I started to read it um, alone in this bookstore and and that was a day when God really opened my eyes to mm. what this what this is about and what yeah. this is doing and, right. and and that these are actual women mm-hmm. who have lives and hearts right, right. and have been abused and right and that that was the beginning of me of kind of having to rethink this, you know, instead right. of it just seeing it as something removed yeah. and, you know, hidden. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, that phrase, putting a face to a name. It was like putting yes. a heart and, or, or a person to a body yeah. or an image. You know, Zane, you said uh, that it, you wish that somebody would have told you those things as a young man. Yeah. And you talked in our last show that, you know, what you desired was to know what you had, you had what it takes. And, and men need to understand they have what it takes in their sexual addiction, or not their sexual addiction, but their sexual drive. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. needs to be affirmed and it needs to be guided correctly. Yes. Right. So how did, how did you actually begin to come out? I mean, you read this book, uh-huh. but then how did you begin the, the process of, of disciplining yourself to be pure? Yeah, right. And I think for me, it is a process. I would yeah. want to say it first. Sure. Um, and I think. So you mean, of, wait a minute, you're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. We, we well, pre-screen all of our guests. Most people are supposed to act like they are, <laughs> yeah, from right. what I told. But yeah, yeah, I, I wish, I wish our guests were here. You did a walk on water test with the guy. Did you? Oh, that's yeah, right. You guys that's don't right. even allow that. So I won't even pretend. <laughs> only security. If they, only if our guests could see here. We're going to have a cam, a, a computer yeah. cam in here. Sometime. A Zan cam. Light yeah. detector. That's right. But you know, one of the places that started happening, another place was actually sitting with a counselor, a woman counselor. That God brought me um, to, and and for probably twelve weeks we sat together, and and so much of you know pornography is about intimacy issues right. and needing things from a woman, and and this woman, as we as we began to talk, like she she was aware of this, and right. as, as we started to talk about it, she kept asking, "What do you need from me?" Right. So so here's my counselor asking me, "What do you need from me?" Mm-hmm. For ten weeks I sat there fumbling around, not knowing what to say, mm. and I think. She kept going after that. And I think what I realized was I'm not aware of what I need. In that mm-hmm. moment when I, get and l- when I go on and look at, at the Internet, I d- I'm not aware of what am I, why am I going here, mm-hmm. you know? And I think what's been good in that time with that woman and, and, and since then when I've had these lusts and urges, the first thing I'm starting to ask myself is that question, what do I want right now? Right. That's a good question. Yeah. You know, what do I need? Well, and I'm so impressed with that counselor that must have had some incredible wisdom to ask that question, being a woman, because really, when you think about it, as men, we can only get masculinity from other men. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's where the risk is. Like in college, I was the same as you, you know, trying to define myself by the women that uh, I could get, uh-huh. you know, and that just ain't going to do it. No. It just no. ain't going to do an it. an empty but bucket. Listen, we're meeting with Zan 
Hood, who has written a book called Untamed, and it has to do with becoming uh, the man that you want to be. And of course, that's uh, put out by NAV Press, a division, division of NAV Press called Think Books. And if you'd like a copy, uh, you can contact Zan through his website at thewildlands.com. Or he's also got a, a ministry for young men called Project Training Ground. And so you can visit him at projecttrainingground.com as well. Or just go on Amazon and type in Untamed and you can get a copy of his book. Great book. I mean, I think it's great for young people. But honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's great for us as adults to remember to go back a little bit mm-hmm. and retrace our steps a bit and say, hey, where did my heart uh, skip a beat? Where did mm-hmm. my development maybe get a little derailed and go back and I can't put it down, Zan. So you're a great writer, and I love your storytelling ability. It's just incredible. Um, one of the things that we were kind of touching on last time is that what we do, what we're really looking for when it comes to porn is mm-hmm. beauty. Mm-hmm. And, and so tell me a little bit about a God, what you've understood God's heart to be around beauty. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, re- I deal with that in the book. Um, I write a chapter about beauty because it was so much of my desire mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. kid. And um it's gosh, beauty is such a mysterious subject because you can't really define it. And mm-hmm. our culture, you know, defines beauty right now as a woman that's thin and you mm-hmm. know, blonde hair, long, tall, all those things. But you know, two hundred years ago, it was a completely different version. Right. And I think what realizing is that regardless of what the the culture's version is, we want beauty, and we want you know, we long for beauty. We want to have it on our shoulders and things, and and take pictures of beauty at a sunset. And so. There's there's definitely this this need in us to to want to have beauty and and from my understanding and what people have told me it's a lot of a um, the process of of being um, we want power you know so if we have beauty then we're we feel powerful you know mm-hmm. we feel important and so um, I feel like with pornography a lot of the um, the the uh, the allure and the desire there is you can have this woman and you can feel this power right. you know in the in the presence of her. In this, in this image, in this video, whatever. And I think starting to realize, too, in my life is like God created me that I was to be powerful and I was to use that, but not, mm-hmm. not in a way that would harm and do evil to anything, you know, especially a woman. Mm-hmm. And so trying to go, you know, ask the question of what does it look like to use my desire for beauty for good, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, and it, and it doesn't mean going out and looking at beautiful women. It's more right. of going... That's a spiritual desire. Like everyone's right. searching for right. it. Right, because it's more than a sensual uh, experience. See, people, that's yeah. through the senses, my eyes, my hearing, my touching. Mm-hmm. It's more of a heart cry, right? Right, uh-huh. right. Yeah. And it, you, you talk about in your book, I'd like to just read a couple excerpts here. Sure. To, you know, you talk about this um, desire for beauty, right? And you say here in your uh, beauty chapter, um, I took all of these questions home with me each night after school alone. And with this desire and stirring before uh, stirring for beauty, I found a way to taste for a brief moment what it might be like to be with the beautiful girl. In my fantasies, I got the girl every time I was her hero in the night and knight in shining armor. And later you say, pornography offered to fulfill the longing and ache I had inside of me for a woman and for beauty. This collection of images filled my thought life more and more. Whatever mm. was innocently awakened by Lindsay Lane in second grade had turned into an addiction and an obsession. Hmm. And later on, you talk about, you know, meeting with Scott, your, uh, uh-huh. your friend back home. And uh-huh. you said, you know, one weekend I was home having lunch with Scott. And although I don't remember how we got on the, the exact subject, he seemed to have a different take on the whole beauty issue. And I, I just love this. Hmm. He told me, beauty is good, true, and of the soul. 
This confused me because my conclusion that beauty was that beauty was bad, false, and of the devil. God and beauty seemed like contradictions to me. I asked, are you telling me that beauty was not created by evil as some kind of temptation to keep us from God? No, Scott responded. God created it, not the devil. In Hmm. fact, God created beauty to draw us to him. We can see his fingerprints in the sunset, in a painting, through creation. He poured beauty into creation and made us yearn for the artist. God, a a lover of beauty? Now, this was an unusual thought. I wondered if God was a butt man or more of a legs guy. Is that what Scott meant? It wasn't. I wasn't all that sure. And I mean, it may sound crude to some folks, but you know what? I call it real. And we get confused with those kinds of themes, you know? But I mean, really, when we get in that transition of realizing that beauty is not bad, it's wonderful. It brings up some of those funny questions, doesn't it? You have to wrestle with more things. It's kind of like, what would a blind man long for? Right. If he never saw, right. what would a blind man long for? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I like what you were saying about seeing beauty or what was written in there about seeing beauty in all of creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> there's days I can just feel God's presence just walking around outside and looking at the green trees mm-hmm. and the grass. And, yeah. And, and, you know, the crime is that, like, that's how we were made to come into beauty was as a boy, I think, of being in wonder of the world that we live in and seeing things and going out and experiencing them. And then mm-hmm. out of that, over time, discovering more of what that is mm-hmm. and how God made that in a woman. And, and I think what's such a crime is that we don't, we don't live in a culture that, that appreciates beauty or, or sees beauty in that and takes mm-hmm. time to go out and sit in a, right. at night and, and yeah. take in. You know, we live in Carter Springs. It's a beautiful right. place to go sit. Right. And it's like there's some sense of like, I remember I've, I've been in places where I've been taking in everything and I have these almost sexual feelings yeah. that just come out of me. They're yeah. just like, oh, right. yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, right. euphoric. And, well, and isn't that great to just observe it and let it be? And just, and, yeah. and, but, but don't we sometimes try to hijack beauty? I mean, I think right. about your story of your Jeep, you know, this red Jeep that you put all that time and money into. And, yeah. and it was like to aggrandize yourself. And I know, I know yeah. I've done that with women, you know, I mean, like it's I wanted, exploitation really, yeah, you know? Yeah. You're using them as an object. Right. I wanted a woman on my arm where I went to look good. I yep. wanted people to think highly of me and whatnot, yep. but, uh, boy, what a ripoff. Well, and you know, I, I'm just thinking of the scripture, love the Lord, thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, you and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, when you think of exploiting beauty, yeah. You know, even as an Americans, we've kind of as a worldwide, we're known as exploiters. We will go exploit for the the better of our gain. But really what God's saying is, you you know, you can use, but use with the thought of being selfless, you know, and the benefit uh, and glorification of God. Yeah. And in bringing dignity to, I mean, we're never to harm or mar in our search for beauty. Right. And our problem is the way evil works is that's what he goes after. He wants us to mar beauty because it's not enough to look at a sunset. You know, I was in the Grand Canyon three months ago and you've got all these people that pull up, get out in their little minivan, take a picture and drive off, you know, because it's, it's easier to take a picture and to snap it than it is to go hike the Grand Canyon. Right. You know? And so, so much of what beauty is about, we have these longings. It's like, I want that and I want it in me. And I want it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so right. much of pornography is saying you can have it. Exactly. Right. Don't go out and enjoy what God created. Like take it, you know, right. use it, enjoy it. And I think that's where for me of going, 
it, it just see, starting to see that, you know, of how evil's trying to get me to to wound and harm a yep. woman or anything, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's not that's not what God wanted. Beauty was supposed to draw us to Him, right? It wasn't supposed to rob us, rob yeah. others of that dignity. Yeah, evil loves an imposter. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was driving by the other day. My wife bought, bought this uh, buffet, and I had to go pick it up. And uh, in in the house next to the house where I was picking it up, at, I drove by, and in the garage, I couldn't believe this even in this day and age. But uh, there's my naivety. They had this guy. Uh, this guy had this picture of a woman. Like a pinup in his garage. I mean, for the whole neighborhood to see. I'm just thinking, A, I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know what? I wonder what his wife thinks of that. I mean, here is here he is worshiping, and it truly is worshiping, worshiping with his attention this person he does not even know. She's an object. It's an object. It's not yeah. even a person mm-hmm. to him. Yet, here's his wife, a child of God, a woman, you know, a daughter of God, person he can have a fulfilling relationship right. with that he is exchanging that for. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad to me. You know, Zane, you yeah. bring a lot of things together too. Um, you know, your search for significance, your search for masculinity, you have a, a you know, God has given you an understanding of what was really behind your sexual desire. Um, tell me, how would you help a young man mm-hmm. like yourself through a journey that you experienced? How would you walk with him? How, how would you use what you've learned to to you know encourage somebody else? Yeah. Well, I think I think first it's just important to hear other people's stories. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, so much of the Bible is, is the narrative of people who walked with God and yeah. struggled with God. Right. So I think um, I think to share in where they are in their journey, you know, is is important. And that's um, as a father, as a mother, as a friend. I think those are important parts. Um, I think it. So much of it depends on the upbringing. See, I grew up in a, a culture that that was very legalistic, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, there's a certain way that someone I I didn't I heard a lot of obedience and trust. Some people might not have heard that, so they need to mm-hmm. hear more of that, you mm-hmm. know. And that's a part where they ha- they've had a lot of grace, but they haven't heard the obedience. So there's a need so, for some cultural relevance. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I think just the the kindness to be with them mm-hmm. in the midst of who they are and in their journey, because the truth is, you're probably not going to get to these places quickly you know right. it's going to be a process and tell us how are you doing that through project training ground yeah um well the idea really came out of our me and a friend named Corey, who's mm-hmm. working we're working together on this idea it's mm-hmm. really an idea right now mm-hmm. but is that um you know young men need the things that we're not offering in our culture right. and there's not initiation and right. so we, we want to bring young men into work like simple work like blue collar work um painting roofing, framing, mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. require you to have to feel the weight of mm-hmm. life is hard, you mm-hmm. know, and to be with other men. Because right. that's the other part. The experience for me has been, it's been hard to be with other men, mm-hmm. some some that are from Mexico, some mm-hmm. that are checked out men, and like have to um, be the in the midst of that and, and, and be a man, in, you know, in that right. place. And that's mm-hmm. tough because... Um, there's certain expectations of who I am. But that's what Jesus did. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah and it makes model. sense that he spent that many years working mm-hmm. as a carpenter, you know, yeah. and, and Paul making tents. And there's something about like the monastery of the simple work oh, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. teaches you some well, of those yeah, things. Well, yeah, and you have so. something to show for. I mean, when I built my shed, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's a value in that. You know? <laughs> my testosterone levels increased. That <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. Give him a hammer. So your, yeah. your, your idea is to get kids, uh, young men, sorry, uh-huh. to come in 
from the different places in the in the, in the world and in the country, uh-huh. and then develop a program where they're doing something in terms of physical labor, right. but then also spend some time with them getting some principles into their hearts? Yeah. We, well, even the idea of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Spirit of the Disciplines. Hmm. Uh, Richard Foster. Richard wrote, Foster. Yeah, right, he right. wrote Celebration this book. Celebration. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, but just the idea of we, we kind of miss those parts mm, of, right. of life, too, which we haven't talked much about. We talk a lot about desire and of our hearts, but even the obedience part. So right. bringing in, like, how do you sit for 20 minutes in silence? Oh, yeah. Mm. You know? <laughs> like, I no one, that wasn't the youth group message. It mm. was, you know, bands and everything else. And so so bringing in the, the basic things of, you know, teaching young men what we're learning, too. So it's it's literally new to us as we're walking through it. So, right. um. So bringing in the kind of a monastery living of a simple living, simple work, so that, you know, one day, let's say if a, if a man is the president of a ministry, when he looks out his window and he sees a guy painting, he doesn't disconnect from that man. But he says, I know that world and I know what that's like, right. you know, and I see that man as dignity and, and what he's doing. And, and I think that so much of what happens is, you know, we've got the, the workers that do ministry and business, they never see that other world. and. Mm-hmm. So trying to bring others into that and show the value of that, you know, because right. we've lost that as a culture right. of mm-hmm. the men working together. I've got a picture of my, my grandfather up up in my desk, and he's um, there's four other men with him, and they've just sawed, felled this huge tree that's about six feet. And hmm. Once it's yeah. fallen, it's six feet high, and they're oh. just gathered around this with the saw. Wow. So just a, you know, it's just a reminder of, like, I need... What, what those men had, I need that. Yeah. You know? It's and interesting you say that because a lot of guys love their trophy shots, you know, when yeah. they go hunting or, right. or, or or something. And I remember even in law enforcement, when we do drug raids, we'd have our trophy sh- mm-hmm. shots with their mm-hmm. drugs. Yeah. And, you know, like, here's yeah. a bad guy and we got him. You yeah. know, it's yeah. kind of, so, sorry, I digress. Yeah. Zan, you said you got introduced to porn at age 12. What might your church have done differently to help move you out of that direction to keep you away from that mess great um well why well, I, I would first say that so much of i, I don't want to blame the church because right. i don't think it was the church's fault right um i think i think it requires i think it's a parent thing yeah I really, amen. amen i really think it's uh and i i i hope to to teach my young men my boys one day you know when they're so young they're looking at me like what are you talking about mm-hmm. but but to teach them at a young age Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, whether you're young, whether you're old, like Rob and Mike, listen, this book Watch is for it, you. Jason. I'm telling you. Watch it. We'll show you old. <laughs> if you want a copy of Untamed for the month of August, we're giving away a free copy. Uh, we've got about four copies to give away. So go ahead and email Mike at blazinggrace.org. By the way, we've got a great um, opportunity as a ministry. If you'd like to be a part of getting us on in a different market, we have got an opportunity to be on KKLA in Los Angeles. It's the largest Christian talk show uh, station in uh, on the West Coast, and we could potentially reach millions. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to be a part of that and help us financially, of course, we are listener-supported. So uh, give us an email at mike at blazinggrace.org or visit us on the web at blazinggrace.org. 
Um, thanks, Zan, for being with us, brother. Hey, thank you so much. God it's bless you. Sorry, Zan, right. that I mispronounced your name. <laughs> Talk <laughs> to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace, it would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www blazinggrace.org. That's triple W B L A Z I N G G R A C E dot O R G forward slash radio dot H T M. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877 877- 7-7-5-9-0-76-85. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more Blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine His grace upon you.